You've selected a show from the Podcast Jukebox, a DIY podcast network. Welcome to Disability After Dark, the podcast feed shining a bright light on all things disability. With your host, Andrew Gerza. Hey there, Disability After Dark listeners, Andrew here. I want to let you know all about a good friend of mine and somebody who I think you should all get to know. If you are somebody who is looking for a companionship, a friendship, or romance, I want to let you know about my inclusive provider friend, Haley Jade. Haley Jade is a 30-year-old disabled bisexual offering online companionship for friends or romance. They have been published in Vice and HuffPost, and they specialize in working with disabled clients and are disabled themselves. Their online services start at $50 Canadian dollars, and they can be found on Twitter at SexyLifeCoach, Instagram at SexyLifeCoach, and you can book them via their website, Haley Jade, that's H-A-Y-L-E-Y-J-A-D-E dot C-H, to book on their website. Just wanted to bring that to your attention. If you're looking for a fun, sexy, romantic companion who specializes in disabled clients, Haley Jade is the one for you. Book them now. This episode of Disability After Dark has been brought to you by Come As You Are. Come As You Are is Canada's only worker-owned co-op sex shop. Trans-owned and operated, Come As You Are carefully reviews and curates their selection of sex toys, books, and DVDs. Now you can get 15% off your next purchase at comeasyouare.com using coupon code AFTERDARK. Hey there, Disability After Dark listeners, Andrew here. I want to tell you all about a really awesome deal that I got from my friends and new sponsors, Adam and Eve, the number one adult toy superstore. They reached out to me and they said, Andrew, we love Disability After Dark. We love your show. We love what you're doing. And we were wondering if you wanted to run some ads for us. And I was like, fuck yes, I do. But what are my awesome listeners going to get if I run ads for you? What are they going to get out of this? And they came back with a really fantastic deal that I want to share with you right now. I hope you're getting comfy, cozy, and crippled because this deal is pretty great. If you go to AdamEve.com, you can pick out almost any item in the store, almost any one item in the store, for 50% off. That means you can get one dildo, one lube, and one thing of lingerie, if you want, for 50% off. And then, once you get that one item for half price, they throw in even more free stuff. Let me tell you all about it. Okay, so you got your one item at half price in your bag and you're ready to go, but guess what? This offer also includes 
10 free items on top of that that other item so you get one free item for penis havers one free item for vulva havers one free item for couples and then you also get six free movies from the adameve.com website you can get your favorite porn or an educational film I love free movies. They're so awesome. This is such a great deal. And then, on top of that, you also get free shipping. What could be better? This is such a great offer. So, to redeem this great offer, what you're going to do is you're going to go to adameve.com. You're going to go to checkout, and you're going to type in Dark Pod. That's D-A-R-K-P-O-D at checkout. And you're going to get one item, almost anything in the store, at 50% off. And then you're going to get those 10 free gifts, absolutely free, as part of your offer. This is such a great deal. And this is just for you, Disability After Dark listeners. And I hope you run over to AdamEve.com and take advantage of it right now. Content warning. The language, content, and discussion found within this episode of Disability After Dark will be explicit. Listener discretion advised. Hello, hello, friends. Welcome to the show, friends. And thank you so much for clicking on Disability After Dark, the podcast shining a bright light on disability stories. My name is, of course, Andrew Gerza. I'm your number one queer cripple, your disabled dick smith, and everything in between. Let's get comfy, cozy, and crippled and get this episode started. First things first, I want to give a shout out to some of the awesome people that have pledged to keep a bright light shining on Disability Story on the show over the last almost four years. We're almost at our four-year anniversary on September 7th is our four-year. Holy fuck, the show's been on the air for four years. What? Wow. So anyway, I want to give a shout out to some of the people that support us via Patreon. They go to patreon.com slash disabilityafterdark and they pledge... As little as $1 a month or $5 a month to keep a bright light shining on the show. And today's recipient of an awkward, weird shout-out for me is Joe Heinemeyer, who pledged $5 a month and is eligible to build a show with me. So, Joe, if you want to come on Disability After Dark and build a show around a topic with me, around a discussion of disability, or have me do all the research on a topic, I'd love to do that for you. So if you want to do that, you can email me at disabilityafterdark at gmail.com and your weird shout-out was Yo Joe because I couldn't think of anything else that rhymed with your name. So, Joe Heinemeyer, thank you for pledging. If you want to pledge to the show, patreon.com slash disabilityafterdark. And also, because Joe, because Joe pledged, they got... They got the show one day early. So instead of hearing it on Thursday, you're hearing it on Wednesday. So if you love the show Super Lots and you want to hear the the Thursday edition on a day early, you can pledge. So think about how cool that is. Also, when you pledge, you get the episode ad-free. So if you are like, wow, Andrew, there's a lot of ads. You have a lot of cool sponsors. But I know who they all are. You can rest assured that in the ad-free version, you don't have to hear all that. But now, let's get to the show today. On the show today, I sit down with a repeat guest, 
someone that I really, really loved talking to the last few times. You've heard them on here as the dating coach on wheels, Amin Lakani, and they reached out to me a few months ago back in June and said I want to be back on the show. I have more things I want to talk about regarding disability. Can I talk to you? And I was like, of course you can. Come on the show. Sure, no problem. Of course. And they... He was so excited to come back on, but this time, you'll notice the tone of the conversation has shifted a bit. It went from the last two times he was on, we joked and laughed around and were super flirty, and we still are here, but I noticed a, a very no, a very drastic shift in the stuff we talk about. We really take a deep dive into grief and loss, talking about how his disability has progressed and changed over the last six months and what that means for him and how that's affected his sense of self and that was a really big part of our conversation we also talk about why he wanted to take a look take a stab at being a comedian with disabilities because he was going through so much stuff with his disability that he wanted an outlet to laugh at that and we then we talk about his desire to how does he become involved in the disability rights movement? And we talk a little bit about what he thought of Crip Camp and why that's important and how he would how he would like to become involved in, in a movement like that. And then we talk about whether or not I think Joe Biden is hot. There's that whole conversation. There was a whole lot to unpack there, but I really enjoyed this conversation because it showed me a side of a mean that I hadn't heard before in our first two episodes. If you haven't heard those Go back in the back catalog of Disability After Dark and listen to those because they're really good and they'll give you a primer as to who Amin is. But this one really is really raw and really real and really gets cuts to the core of what he was feeling or when what he is feeling as a person whose disability is drastically changing day by day. And that was a story that I was really privileged to be allowed to hear and to be allowed to talk through with him. So it was a really fun interview. We also talk about about sex work and whether or not he should engage with sex workers and what he feels about that um, and whether he thinks. He asks me questions about my experience using sex workers as a disabled person. There was a lot to unpack here and we chatted for about an hour and a half and I'm really, really excited to bring you the raw, unedited version of this interview. It was really fun and really powerful and he had a lot to say. So I hope you enjoy my third time interview with my friend, Amin Lakani, right here on Disability After Dark, the podcast shining a bright light on disability story. Amin Lakani, hello. Hey, how's it going, Andrew? Hey, it's so nice to have you back on Disability After Dark. You are probably the only guest in the history of this show that's been on the show three times. Nice. I don't know why you keep calling me back, but I'm well, here. Well, it's because I, you keep texting it. me with like great ideas <laughs> for shows. And you're like, I want to come back on. I'm like, okay, good. It's, it's like a week of content done. Amazing. Perfect. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm happy to be here. Um, and just in case people haven't kind of done our back catalog together, can you yeah. one more time reintroduce yourself? Tell us who you are, what you do. Tell us kind of a little bit about your disability and then we'll just have a chat. Yeah, you mean people don't know about me? How rude. I mean, um, how could they not? Because you see what you mean with your sultry, dulcet tones. <laughs> how could they not immediately fall in love with you? I know, absolutely. 
well for the for the un what's the term not uninvited un uh, un for the like five people that don't know who you are right for the uninitiated that's the term there, there, there. Um, my name is Amin Lakani uh, I was a dating coach I, I call myself a comedian what a wait a minute yeah. hold on I have something <laughs> what I I still write okay here's I'm a comedian a writer and a disabled anti-hero so encompassing it within that is some dating advice as well but i don't all write exclusively about dating advice but that's how i got started i kind of like that how, last part way better than i like any kind of dating coach thing what which part the, the disabled anti, the, yeah that's my that's yeah maybe my favorite fucking disability title for anybody ever that's really awesome yeah yeah so i uh i, I started off doing public speaking and then dating coaching and that's how i came across andrew or uh, we connected and um and our love I just realized burns brighter than it ever has ever right absolutely and then i just realized like why i started thinking about why i was doing the dating coaching and what i really enjoyed most about it and it wasn't so much the coaching aspect of like you know being really involved with um people in their dating lives and all that it was it was more of sharing my journey and if people got something out of it or were able to learn something like that was just gravy on top. Um, but it, it was, it was just too much to be involved in other people's dating lives because my own is not perfect and my own has a lot of shit in it. So <laughs> I was just like, I cannot do this. Like if somebody didn't, you know, get a date or something like I would get so disheartened, um, for them. Uh, and I was just like, I can't do this. I like it. I, I, it's too much feeling for too many people. So. That, I mean, then it is a lot of pressure to yeah. put yourself out there and give dating advice when you're dating, when your experiences of dating haven't always been a hundred percent amazing. And like, yeah, like, and I, I think I'm pretty sure we mentioned it before. Like, I think it's really tough to do what you were trying to do. Um, yeah. But I think disabled antihero is much sexier. Yeah. So I agree. And that's why, that's why I switched to it. And uh, part of the, journey was also finding comedy like I I would write when I would write dating advice or make videos I would always kind of insert these little like you know like these little snickers or these little like dick jokes here and there and like I was like I just I just like making people laugh but also teaching them something so I started doing stand-up comedy and you know not stand-up because though what we didn't mention is I have CMT or Charcot Marie Tooth Syndrome and I use a power wheelchair uh, for everything. Like I use a walker for exercise, but um, and like I'm able to stand, but not really for much functional use. It's just for exercise. Cool. Uh, and I, yeah. I feel like you were going somewhere with that. I feel like you were like, you had, you had a thought and then you like told me. Oh. Have, didn't you? Uh, yeah. Well, comedy. So comedy, I didn't, I, uh, I, I, you know, I didn't do stand-up, obviously, because I didn't stand up. Um, but like, I mean, that's like the easiest joke in the book. That's for, like, like, that's like disability one hundred and one. That's literally right. Yeah. We all make. Right. Yeah. I, it's funny. I like. I don't know why able-bodied people just fucking love the. Uh, it's okay to curse, right? I assume. Oh yeah. It's uh, yeah. It's disability uh, after dark. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> um, they, I, for some reason able-bodied people love the jokes that are like just so simple in terms of like disability. Like if I go up to someone and I'm like, Hey, I just had to 
roll over here and say hi. They're just like, oh my God, you're so funny. Like, um, <laughs> or if like, I tell people, no, really, I literally just roll over here. Like, yeah, right. Hi. Yeah. Or I tell people I do comedy. Like, oh, you mean like stand up comedy? And I'm like, yeah, I don't really do the stand up piece. And they're just like, oh, you're so funny. I'm like, guys, this is like basic shit, right? I mean, I think it just gives them, and I think it just gives like non disabled people a place to feel comfy about it. I think yeah, right. it's, really sure. sca- it's really scary for a lot of people yeah. who don't experience yeah. it. And right. so the humor that you bring to it by saying, oh, I roll over there makes them yeah. like relax right. a little bit into the yeah. fact that you you are disabled and that's okay. Um, right. The question it's just is, funny because with my, it's funny because with my friends, like if I made those jokes, they'd be like, what are you trying to do? Right. Yeah, like you're not funny. Like, like stopping. You're not funny. Yeah. 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 And like that's why I, that's why I, like with my close friends when I make yeah. a, a silly disability joke too, they're like, right. Andrew, you're that's that's it's like right. fuck off. Like that's whatever. Yeah. Right. You could do better. Right? Yeah. Like I expected something so much funnier. How dare you? Right. Yeah. Um, many of the questions you sent me for this were based around yeah. like sex and disability, but yeah. now that I know you kind of want not want to veer away from that but also want to like talk about other stuff i feel like we can have a much more like juicy conversation on other things so for sure don't feel like you have to censor the other parts of disability oh sure i'm equally i mean i'm just as interested in sex as i as as i've ever been but for sure yeah i'm happy to have a more rounded discussion too um i am curious what about disability comedy because it's hard comedy yeah. is hard generally and like what about that appealed to you like what part of that made you why did you want to do that i think it was it was the freedom right like i did public speaking before because i uh, do do you know sean stevenson have you heard of sean stevenson i feel like the he's name the, rings a bell he's the the guy who had osteogenesis imperfecta uh was in a wheelchair since i think very young and it's like, I don't know if he ever walked, but he was like this really big public speaker. He passed away recently. Um, but like, I saw that and I was like, oh, okay. Like, that's what I have to do to like show what I'm made of, right? Or show like, that's what disabled people have to do. Um, is like, you know, go on stage and do public speaking and inspire people. And I did that and it was, I mean, I was pretty, I was really effective at it. And it also just felt really easy. You know, like it didn't, it almost felt like it didn't matter what I said. Like I, would, I could say anything and people are like, oh, you're so brave. Like we're so proud of you. You're so, and you inspire me so much. And I'm like, inspire you with what? Like I didn't, that was an objectively not great speech. Yeah. Like um, why did, what, what did I do that made you, Yeah. what did I do? Tell me, give me right, concrete like, points. Yeah. Like, is it just being here? And so then I, I, I've always been a big fan of comedy. Uh, it's it's got me through some tough times, especially when I was younger. Didn't have a lot of friends. Was very confident in myself. Which is um, ironic because, like, you seem very confident. Yeah, now, but like when I was younger, I was. I just sent a. I just Facebook just popped up, and showed me like, here's you 11 years ago, right? Like I posted a picture, and I was sitting in front of uh, the Google Android structure, uh, the like the little robot thing they have there. Yeah, and like my hands, my hands were folded in, like in my lap, and my shoulders were like hunched forward, and like I had really baggy jeans on, and I was just kind of like very uncomfortable, like with myself, um, 
And so, yeah, that, that's, that's who I was. And so during those times, like comedy was a huge source of joy for me. It still is, but um, it like, it allowed me to kind of escape and uh, also interact with a bunch of different people, right? Because comedy, uh, comedy, like uh, I was able to see uh, black comedians and like that was really interesting to get exposed to that culture as well. Um, but anyway, so I turned to comedy because I realized, oh, the challenge there is pretty much equivalent for everyone, right? Like the people will clap for you because they feel bad for you, but they're not going to laugh because they feel bad for you. It's a very visceral response. Uh, yeah. Laughter is a very visceral response. So I was like, okay, this is a place where I'm not going to be treated. I'm not going to be given like special You're not treatment. You're going to be given for- a carte blanche to just because. Right. Yeah. And I've gone up and bombed like lots of times. And, you know, I get a little better and I'm like, but I'm disabled. Like, give me a break, guys. But but um, that's, then I realized, no, this is what I want. I want the actual challenge. Yeah. And I like, I think, I also think it's, it's important to look at the fact that like, there are, there are more and more disabled comedians, but there are also really few disabled comedians of color right now. Um, oh, yeah. And so like, I mean, I think, I think comedy itself is really, there's a lot of barriers in comedy. I mean, it's especially for people that are non-ambulatory um, because like many of the stages I would go on in Seattle, like I would have to, I would have to perform off to the side because the stage didn't have a ramp or I wouldn't even be able to go because the venue is up some stairs. So, yeah. Um, and like, I, I really wanted to go to those places, but, um, like there's no elevator, these are archaic buildings. Comedy is often done in more sort of uh, dingy, like yeah, dingy spot underground, yeah. So I think there's just by its very nature, it is a bit discriminatory in that regard. So I just I was like, okay, like it's not working out for me to be able to go to the places I want to go to. So I just started my own open mic in a very accessible place, and people showed up, and I found a great community there. So that's awesome. Um, that's that's awesome. Really- I mean, I think my, it's a little bit tougher, like to get, um, like, I think if I wanted to be a professional comedian, I would feel a lot less like, you know, one of the comedians that like tour the country and like have Netflix shows and all that. Um, not that I'm opposed, but just the, what, it, what that requires. You heard of Netflix hire <laughs> I mean, right now. Give- what, what that, re- what that requires is going to all these like dingy comedy places and like getting well, not if Netflix there. just hires you and gets you around yeah like, like, not if they do you know, yeah. Netflix if anybody from Netflix is listening and I know someone right. out there is right someone listening to this is a Netflix exec right so right. <laughs> if you are yeah. hire a mean to do a sit down stand up comedy so I don't fucking know yeah. it would be so right. cool to have that on your platform Netflix figured out would, yeah yeah I mean I'm sure you can do that online thing too um, which is what I sort of shifted towards, right? I'm like, okay, I can't do it in person. It's a little bit harder. So why don't I just pursue online stuff? And then if it comes, it comes. But if it doesn't, then I still got what I wanted out of it, which was that strong sense of community. Uh, really helped me get over like bouts of depression when I've had them. That's awesome. What is your thoughts on like disability comedy in the media is often like the butt of the butt of the joke is a disabled person or like 
the comedy is like oh that person's a wheelchair user like oh right. look at them what do you feel about how do you think now that you're kind of veering into comedy how yeah. do you think that like comedy could be used to uplift disabled people and bridge the gap between uh disability and, and non-disabled people uh i think it in a similar way to yeah it's, it's hard i feel like my answer would have been different um like before george floyd uh, and like everything changed because oh, i was yeah. gonna say like yeah. i was gonna say like well like i watched black comedians and like that um you know exposed me to more black culture like um because i grew up in a pretty white neighborhood um but like now that i look back i'm like uh eh, I don't know that it really did because that's a very like there's a difference between what we see on screen and what we what's like reality um yeah so um but i think if having more comedians with disabilities like being having comedians with disabilities um especially people of color being more represented is a good thing because then at least yeah it might not solve everything but at least you're people are more aware of it, right? They're like, oh, okay, like these, it's, I think it just goes back to representation, right? Which is something you talk about a lot as well, which is just on screen, we should see more of what is reflective of our, our um, like real life, not just thin, white, um, like uh, certain, like certain looking people. Yeah, certain looking, and you know, certain looking people also in the disability community, like, you know, people have said for a long time, disability is far too white uh, and mm. far too, and to, you know, to put it another way, disability comedy is, is really lacking in not only people of color, but also yeah. uh, people with power chairs. Like most of the mm, right. comedians that I see right. with yeah. disabilities are either able to stand or right. a manual chair, which is, which is all fine. Right. I support them. Yeah. I very rarely see power chair comedians. Right. Like, I yeah, I don't, I don't think I, I think you're like, I don't one think of, I have seen like, five, yeah, I don't think I've, I've just, I haven't seen any on Netflix, right? Like I'm sure they're out there, but the, I guess the question is, you know, do they get elevated to like essentially are the highest forms of media in our, you know, in our society? Um, I, not to say that Netflix is not doing anything like they've, they've done a lot. Especially with um, what's it called the the special special um, show. Hey Ryan, hey yeah. hey, you're awesome. Hi yeah. hi. Uh, Did you ever connect with Ryan? He Ryan and I are really Ryan and I are good friends. Ryan and Ryan. Oh really? Sweet sweet dude. That's awesome. Uh, we I've had him on the show once. I'm gonna talk. Oh to him really? Him. Awesome. I'm gonna talk to him That's again cool. in a couple weeks, I think, for another yeah. kind of show that I'm putting on in in the right. So we. We've chatted a bunch. He's just, he's a great guy. And I, I yeah. support special like a thousand percent because yeah. it's one of a kind and it's one of the first, right. you know, shows to have done that. But in terms of like, yeah. just back to you in terms of like, like stand right. up specials, I think for a platform like Netflix to yeah. take a, take you on and say, you know what, we do right. want to have a mean right. or somebody like a mean do. Yeah do a, a stand, do a stand special and, and, right. and get a ramp and do all those things. Right. I think that would be really right. powerful. Yeah, to it see. would be pretty amazing. Yeah. 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 Um, um, <laughs> yeah, that'd be awesome. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, I don't know what else to say. Like, yes, let's do it. 
I love how we both ran out of idea at the same time. Uh, yeah. Um, one of the things that you put in your questionnaire for today, and one of the things you wanted to talk yeah. about, and one of the things that I really wanted to touch on because it's different than anything we've talked about before, is sure. you have a lot of guilt for feeling like for you have guilt for not being worse off than you are. Is that what you were getting at? Right. Yeah. Like, I think there's a lot of there's a lot of people with disabilities, um, especially in other countries. Right. Like, I'm in the U.S. Um, especially in the country of my origin, like where my parents were born in Pakistan, there's a lot of people with disabilities that are not well taken care of. They don't have systems to support them. They don't even have rent. I just read an article from March, 2018 said that some federal buildings don't have ramps to them. Like that would be like, that's unthinkable in the States, right? That a federal building doesn't have uh, access to, uh, like a ramp access. Yeah. Um, and so a lot of times I feel, I do feel guilty, even in the States though, like there's people that are not as well off financially or haven't had as many opportunities for education or haven't as many dating opportunities. Like I, like, I feel like I've had a pretty full life, uh, even with my disability. And so sometimes I, I feel guilty, like, you know, that I don't have it as hard as some of the stuff I see on social media and stuff. So I was wondering if you've experienced that. That's tough because I don't, I don't know if I have or not. I don't know if I feel guilt that I'm not worse off. I feel sometimes and I catch myself doing this a lot, even now, even with all the stuff I know with disability is that there is a, there's an unspoken hierarchy of disability. So if I Mm. know somebody has an intellectual disability, like right. that, that's fine, but in my head I'll be like, "Oh, I'm better off than they are," mm. like, and that's yeah. it's that's ridiculous and super ableist and super wrong. Right. But that's yeah. kind of what I'll do to be like, "I'm I'm okay." Like I'm not right. like there, it isn't yeah. a guilt, but it's like, uh, right. look, I won the disability lottery, and therefore I'm somehow better than yeah. you." Yeah, right. I think it's just silly because that's that it shouldn't be that like that. Right. Yeah, I mean, I feel that too. Where I'm like, oh, okay, like sure, this is called disability, but like my mind is fine. And like, here's all the things I can do, right? Like, here's all the ways I can contribute to society as if like, that's should be the basis for your, for your like, worth. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, uh, it isn't, for me, it's not so much a guilt. It's like, it's like this reassuring myself that I'm better off, which again, yeah. is so silly. What does right. the guilt feel like for you? Like when you, like, how does the I guess it was, manifest? Yeah, I guess it was more, it's more, I think it's less so now because my physical function has declined quite a bit in the past like six or so months. Um, like I've, I'm not able to drive anymore. Like I think I could get some adaptive equipment that would enable me to drive, but just like the thought of going out and driving seems exhausting to me. Like I feel like I had a lot more energy before and I was, I was like out and about doing so many things, going to like open mics, like meeting up with friends. And now I'm just like, oh man, like I'm, I, I'm in energy conservation mode, like all the time. Um, so I guess I felt a lot more guilty before because I think, oh, I have all these freedoms. I like my car is really expensive, right? Like not even if somebody was able to drive, if they can't afford the equipment to enable them to drive, like, I guess I just felt bad because I wondered if like I've given, given all these privileges 
as a disabled person like did i do enough to deserve. Um, sort of deserve that or pay that debt back to society in some way or something like that like all i think those that's a really i think that's a really powerful statement though because i don't think yeah. and i don't think i've ever heard that brought up mm. on a podcast so ding for me and yay for you uh mm. but but like i i think that it's really powerful to to think that you like how dare you be happy you should be right like you should be wallowing in pain and pity and how dare you enjoy yourself yeah. and, and i think that's right pro- that's probably more common in the disability community right you feel that way but we're, i don't i feel like we're not allowed to talk about it because right our outward face as disabled people is supposed to be brave and strong and powerful right. Right? and and happy and like you know muddling through and right. doing our best and so how dare you talk about how you're feeling so like right. thank you for feeling comfy enough to bring that up yeah for sure yeah like exactly what you said like now that my function has declined um you know i it's upsetting and it's sad and it it's hard to think about but i keep the thought that keeps coming into my head it's like well like at least you had your 20s right or like at least you had some time like you could have had a much worse disability so like you shouldn't complain right like and you're still better off than a lot of people you know a lot of people are struggling with much harder things and um i know that's like not that doesn't like it's it's faulty logic because it it just makes you feel worse right instead of being like yeah like i'm allowed to discuss my pain even if other people have things that are tougher or uh, tough in different ways like it doesn't disqualify my experience not at all and i think i i th- i think that you know people who and you have a different disability than i do in that like yeah. your disability is definitely 100% degenerative um, yeah. right 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 yeah. yeah so mine is mine is not technically degenerative but it changes over yeah. time and i think right. it's important to recognize that a lot of people with degenerative disabilities probably have to face their own mortality at some point right face their like oh my god much sooner than, I think about, than the yeah i think about my death all the time uh, yeah i mean that's kind of what also drew me to comedy was like just the darkness of like where i'd see my mind going right like as certain functions decline like obviously i think of like okay like how far is this going to go and then like at which point do i say like you know this the life in this body is not worth living right like do i say that at some point or do i fight till the bitter end um, i don't i i would no and i don't have your experience so i speak very cautiously yeah. when i say this i think yeah. of course i think of course your life is worth living but i think right. that if you reach a point in your pain threshold where it is too much yeah. or where things are right. fine and you want to make the choice to go like to go right yeah saying that as, even as i just said that i just got choked up and weird but if you, yeah it's tough yeah like if you if that's what you need to do then like i as a disabled person support you you don't yeah. have you don't have to you shouldn't need to, and i don't mean this in an ablessly weird way i mean this is like another yeah. disabled person you shouldn't have to suffer just right. to say you made it through like, right yeah and I, i don't think i'm there yet like or even close to there but like the thoughts definitely because up until i don't know maybe a year or so ago like my yeah like things were changing and my body was like thing, uh, things were becoming more difficult but it didn't dramatically change my day-to-day life too much yeah um, but but the recent the past six months i've been like 
pretty significant day-to-day changes in my life. I'm just like, I can't get out of bed on my own anymore. Um, I can't drive, right? Like I, um, I don't feel as secure moving from my bed to my chair. Like I fall in doing that, which is like, it was weird when it happened. Cause I was just like, I didn't, I was just so disoriented. I was like, what the fuck just happened? Like I've done this like a million times on my own without any sort of risk of falling. Like how did this just happen? So um, it just, it makes you think, right? It makes you weary of like, where, where's, when is this going to end or where's this going to go? And so what are your feelings? And, and this got like super dark really fast, but I kind of, yeah. I kind of enjoy, and I, I don't enjoy the darkness, but I enjoy yeah. that you have the freedom to like bring it up because I think these are things oh, absolutely. disabled yeah. people talk about. And ironically, right. this show is called Disability After Dark. So right. We may as well fucking shine a light on the dark shit. Right. But, yeah. but like, how, my question was, how do you, um, how do you feel about that loss? Like, I know when I deteriorate and my, like, my function changes or things yeah. change in my functionality, I get really upset and I right. get really depressed and I get really angry. How do you, how yeah. do you manage that? I mean, all the same way. It's, yeah. Or like, that's how I feel, right? Um, I just, I think I just feel a profound sadness um, because I miss those moments, right? I miss the days where a friend could, I mean, not that you could do it during COVID anyway, but I miss the days where a friend could call me up and be like, Hey, like, what do you like? Let's go to this event today. And I just like, cool. Like I'll drive and I'll pick you up. Right. And like being able to do that. And I think one of the toughest things is when I think about dating now, because before I used to think about dating and I'm like, Oh yeah, I'm in a wheelchair, but like I can drive, I can like do this. I can do that. Like I can, you know, be on top, like in bed, like it's not that big a deal. Right. But now I'm like, holy fuck, like I'm really disabled. Right. Like, um, and I think about, you know, I, I've always wanted to, I've always imagined like I would find like a partner, right. And that we would like be driving down the freeway one time and like, I would just look over at her and I like, I've, I've played these moments back in my head, but now I'm just like, is that ever going to happen? You know, like, I don't know. Or like, what, like, what can I provide a partner now? Cause like the thought, like before I'd be like, oh, well I could drive her or like I could do, like there's a lot I can do, right? But it feels like there's less and less of that now. So I'm like, what am I really going to provide someone in dating? Like what value do I really offer? And it makes me really like self-conscious and struggle with dating. Like I still try, but there's this voice in the back of my head of like, you know, no girl's really going to want you because you used to be able to do a lot. Um, and like all my pictures and everything and videos show how much I was able to do, but I'm like, only I know that that's not really true anymore. Right? like when someone sees my profile online, they don't necessarily know that that's not the case anymore. Um, and I'm like, am I just putting this lie out there? Like, I don't know. It, it's, it's, it's heavy and it's tough. And, I don't know that I've figured out how to deal with it. Um, I think I've ignored it for a long time. Um, but it, that's like, like, and I don't remember what we talked about last time because yeah. I'm not, I'm not so narcissistic that I listen to my own shows. But, uh, <laughs> but um, you know, I listen to myself on your show. I'm that narcissistic. So, uh, so cool. I'm so then. Yeah. This, so then, uh, this is probably new stuff. Then, 
yeah. <laughs> but you know, hearing you say that, yeah, like I had to listen to you. Like I was listening to you say that just now, and I was like, my heart broke a little bit because yeah, these are the real things that real disabled people really feel about their lives. Right. Like yeah. I can't, I can't give you some clean platitude that's like, oh sure, I mean you'll meet somebody right. like. I yeah. can honestly say to you, maybe you won't. Like, right, you might not. Maybe, yeah, maybe not. And the same for me. Yeah. Like, fuck, I just turned thirty-six right. a couple of weeks ago, and like, yeah. I've never been in a serious relationship. The the right. longest dick that I've ever had is someone <laughs> is someone that I pay every right. few weeks to be with me. Yeah. So, right. I understand the kind of guttural, visceral pain of like that yeah. question of will I ever be, and with your right disabilities and your limited life expectancy which also feels right. weird to say um, well i don't know i don't know if there's a limited life expectancy with my condition not that it it hasn't been documented but like yeah i don't think it's going to limit my life expectancy it just like might make living at you know higher ages much more difficult um, yeah. like there's no it's not like i don't think my con my uh, there's no evidence that my condition like stops like critical organ function okay uh, but just like but um, I mean, just after a while, like you can only deteriorate so much, right? Yeah, yeah. Before your body is like, hey, we're done. Right. But, yeah. Okay. And thank you for that that uh, yeah, for sure. reminder because I definitely thought otherwise. Uh, yeah. But you know, hearing you talk about the deterioration and not having someone right. to to like be there with you when all this stuff's happening, right. I can imagine yeah. like that's that's a big that's a big weight for you to try to carry. That's a that's a yeah. lot to manage. Um, yeah, and yeah, it's been a pretty lonely experience, right? Well, listen, if you ever decide you want to hang out with boys, you have yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, that I know. Uh, but the I, I think what you said about like feeling that oh, I might not ever right. Like well, earlier when we first spoke, and probably even the second time we spoke, like I was I was gung ho. I was really, like I was like yeah, I'm definitely gonna find someone right because i didn't really as disabled as i was i didn't really identify as being disabled so i was like wow, oh yeah there's like, so is... much to unpack in this episode yeah. already like holy wow okay let's but now i feel like now i feel like i can empathize with like people who have a lot of limitations um, because i myself have what i perceive to be significant limitations now at least physically right and so i feel like now i that's what I mean, on the one hand, it's been sad and um, trying and lonely and all that, but it has also made me way more open to connecting with other people with disabilities and way more interested in like advocacy and working on changes to policies and like things like that. So yeah, like let's let's talk about where where you want to go. I mean, there's so many areas I want to go. Um, yeah. But like you <laughs> and I, you know, conversationally, but, Andrew. There's so <laughs> well that too, but uh, you have my number. I'll send you some. Yeah, but but no, but, but but like no, but I you know I think what I love about that conversation, aside from my weird come ons to you, um, yeah. uh, are that um, you know I appreciate that you are learn are are just coming into a disabled identity right now because I think yeah. that highlights that. It isn't just a linear thing where one day you're able right. and one day you're disabled or right. you've always been identified as disabled. So whatever, I feel like it's important to emphasize again through your experience that like yeah. 
yeah you're just coming into it now and we've talked three times and like this right. is the first time where you've i think you've actually said to me like hey i think i'm disabled now and i kind of get it right yeah. it's a different amin that i have been used to because the last two times we've done episodes you i feel like and correct me if i'm wrong but i feel yeah. like you put on a bit of a character you put on a bit of a oh, yeah like a, this player character and, and right now right in talking to you about all this like that's all stripped away and you're just you and there's something both sad yet refreshing about that because Mm -hmm. you're coming into a part of the disabled experience that maybe you weren't ready for but here it is anyway yes i mean i didn't really have a fucking choice but yeah you're right here it is uh and yeah i identify and even still like i still feel you know some of that internalized ableism where like i don't like identifying as disabled right because for me disabled means like incapable or less capable or that's how i that's how it was in my mind like honestly like i think i grew up thinking in my i've joked with my friends about this i grew up thinking i was like a straight able-bodied white male um which is why which is sometimes why i I think like i was able to like succeed in a lot of places because i would like i just I had this weird like delusion that like I should be able to do everything and there shouldn't be a problem and nobody should hold me back. And like, uh, like I shouldn't hold myself back. But, um, and I think that's cause I was, I mean, partially my parents really tried to like instill positive beliefs about myself in me, but also like I had a lot of energy and capacity to do it. Right. Whereas now I'm just like, Oh my God, like my arms are just like, burning right like con- like all the time from just doing like simple things so um yeah and i mean i think that's the struggle too like i think for parents of disabled kids i think they're right. they're taught to instill this really hyper positive view right. on life so that the child doesn't then become doesn't like give up or get lazy right. or like, stop yeah. but the, the trouble with that is that and i'm not I'm not blaming anyone's parenting. I'm just saying the trouble with that viewpoint can be sometimes I think that when the kid gets out in the real world and starts yeah. realizing that their disability does indeed limit them, what the right. fuck do they do then? Right. Yeah. I mean, my parents taught me now it's just like fight it and like find a way. Right. And it's, which sounds nice, but sometimes, and I, oftentimes you can, and I think it is important to fight. And I really do appreciate that they instilled that in me, that desire to just like make it happen no matter what. And like of course, advocate, of course. advocate, advocate for myself. Right. I think that's so critical. I think uh, like if, if there's anything I could teach people with disabilities, um, I would teach my younger self was like, yes, like stay on top of the self-advocacy because no one's going to be able to do it like you can for yourself. Like not your parents, not your friends, like you, you gotta speak up for yourself. Um, and I still do like when I need to, um, but uh, there are also times of like understanding that, yeah, like I, I had to, I had to pivot, right? When I realized, okay, comedy, it's gonna be really tough to get in on all these venues with my wheelchair. I was like, okay, I had to think about what do I really want? Um, and I decided I wanted that community, but, I mean, if you, you you can, it is a bit sort of unfair that I didn't have access to that channel 
of going through comedy. Like, what if I really like that? Or like, what if I really like traveling around the country and just like staying up late and um, partying and doing and all that stuff? And doom and drinking and yeah, stuff. right, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just, I just can't because I know the impact that'll have on my body. And like, that's just, I, I mean, you can be upset about it, but it's just like that's just the facts. Like, you can't get around that. Yeah, and I think that's the hardest part is that you can be as angry and disillusioned and upset and like scream and yell and and do all the things to emote that. Yeah. You can't, I think the trouble I have with my disability a lot of the time is I can't run away from it. There's nothing I can do to get away from it. And I was talking to, I did an interview this afternoon with uh, a porn star about his porn persona and I said the yeah. same thing and I said to, to him like you know when you get to pick a porn name and you get to pick this yeah. porn persona and you get to do all these right. things in a way yeah. you get to run away from yourself you get to escape yeah like me as a wheelchair user and I've right. done porn and I've done all these things but even yeah. in that moment I couldn't run away from my dis- I couldn't d- I couldn't remove myself from being disabled right and yeah. that that is something as a disabled person even as much as I love my disability and as much as I'm proud to be a disabled person, if yeah. I could just for 24 hours run away right. from my disability yeah. and, and feel what the other side feels like, that would be, f- I love it. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I think we're expected to be like, oh no, like it's the greatest thing ever. And like, you know, we'll turn like negatives into positives and like, you know, like that's such a like thing for that ex- disabled people are expected you, but sometimes it's like, yeah, like, fuck, I would give anything to like run around and like dance or like cook a meal or whatever. Like, yeah, fuck yeah, do it. Um, and that's where we're expected to not want that, right? Like, I in, in my head, I'm already like, oh yeah, like maybe I'll get the Netflix comedy special, but like I, you know, ended up going about it. I have to go about it a different way. So I might still get the same result, but. I end up going about it a different way. And yes, like that different way might still, might also be enjoyable, but it's just the fact, it just sucks that I don't have that opportunity to go about it like in the way that- In the conventional channels. Yeah, yeah, you have to like go right. around all these hoops and all these things. Right. Just just and I mean, sometimes I try to justify my head of like, well, like, okay, A, like, who knows? Like maybe I'll get, to, I'll get there faster, right? Like maybe I'll get, maybe- Maybe this challenge, I think there is something to reframing. Like maybe this challenge will push me to think in a different way and get there faster. Like maybe I would have spent 10 years slogging away on like on the road trying to get noticed. But, you know, because I can't, maybe I'm able to get there in like three years or something. I don't know. But, uh, and then also the fact that not everybody has every opportunity available to them, right? Like uh, people... Um, people that are like short may not have as many opportunities to be a basketball player or something like that, right? So it's not like the struggle is unique, but I think there's still validity to like, yes, there is a struggle and yes, it's hard. Um, It doesn't mean you stop and like just woe is me all the time, but it's okay to just recognize the challenge. Yeah, I think think what we need to do more in the disability community, and I say this all the time in in like every show that I do with every guest that I do, anyone listening, you've heard me say it a thousand times, it's okay to feel your feelings about disability, and it's okay to like 
sit and talk about it. And the more and more I do this show, the less and less I am concerned about like the numbers and about, about all that stuff. Yeah. And I just love sitting and talk. And I, I remember when you said, I want to come on a third time, my brain was like, well, what are we going to talk about? And then like, <laughs> to be able to just sit and talk with you for an hour about yeah. two people with disabilities in a room talking about right. how disability feels that's powerful and so i i think that you should be able to feel those feelings and not have to worry right. about whether you're impressing somebody as a disabled person or whether you're making them feel good about themselves yeah. you can be angry right. about your disability and that's okay yeah yeah it's uh it, it's it's something i haven't done very often like i think this is what probably the first time i've ever done that right like just sat with someone who has disability and just talked about that experience um, wow wow yeah i like to, genuinely i feel honored that you would want to make this a space to do that because it's hard oh and absolutely it's it's tough to sit with somebody and talk about stuff that's scary like that so i, I really appreciate that um yeah i wanted to skip over the sex i'll get just the sex stuff back Can in we, a minute, but yeah but quickly just uh i don't know if this is related or you're gonna bring it up later but that thought of like never finding someone or like I think we talked about it last time where I was still like yeah like I really want to find a partner and you're like yeah I've given up and or like you're like and I was like I I think he said he said in some like very blatant way and I was like oh my god like like you just or I think you had decided that like yeah you're not gonna hang your hat on like or you're not gonna like keep any big hopes for it and I was like oh okay like should I Maybe not, because like I've, I guess I've just come to terms more with the, more so in just like being, a, just a more like, stable person. I've, I've worked on like okay, getting comfortable with the idea of like yeah, like there are people in the world and I could be one of them, who like quote unquote never find someone, right? Or like who are, perpetually single or like don't ever, you know, um, have like one partner or whatever. And yeah, um, so so just briefly like it's made me think like do i want a monogamous partner do i want to just like be a fuck boy like fuck around or do i want to just I mean, be like a little you know i i don't know or like because I, I i have this traditional model of relationships so i'm curious of your perspective on that and i think that would be uh, my perspective uh, for you or for no me? for for yourself um, you, where are you where are you at with that now well, I mean, and it's been about a year since we've recorded an episode. So yeah. Like, like I, uh, I don't think I'm I'm as like morose as I've given up, but I think okay, I've given up the idea of worrying about it now. Like, I mean, I think it's different now with COVID too, and like coronavirus, yeah. and like a year ago when I spoke to you, I could get dick every two to three weeks. I could get someone to come over and service me and we could have right, a session right. and it was great now yeah. it's like yeah i'm four months out and no one's touched me and i'm feeling really right. like antsy like i want that and yeah. i do i do, you know like i said i just turned 36 and i do right. think about what's it gonna be like when i'm 40 what's it yeah. gonna be like when i'm 50 what's it gonna right. be like to live by myself this whole experience of my life yeah by myself and well i've shared it with my family and close friends and they've been right. part of part of those experiences much yeah. of my romantic life has been yes. I've had to manufacture that through right. sex work and through like yeah. through working with sex workers and that's that's right. 
in on one level it's fulfilling and on the other level yeah. it hurts me like it makes yeah. me really upset because i part of me wants that person that i can come home right. to but i'm also really aware that if i got a partner i would lose my benefits oh really yeah if i i mean if, if you I, got if you got married right no if i live with somebody for more than three months are you fucking serious mm-hmm. you don't have to be married to them or anything nope what yeah and i think it's very i think it's similar in the u.s no like, you have to know it's definitely like I'd have to be married to them. No, I'm I like, think there's something like, if, I think there's something like if you're common law, you, I'm pretty sure I haven't. I okay. But common law, common law is like after 10 years, at least in the States. I don't know about Canada, but are you Canada, sure about that? Andrew? In Ontario, yeah. In Ontario, Toronto, the, the, yeah. the rules are that if you're with somebody for more than three months, you're technically, yeah. you're technically together. And, okay. But like, but like you're not married. That doesn't mean like, you can't be expected to like, like, what if it's just a roommate? They, they would, well, I think. I would check on this because that is, that would no, be no, shocking. Well, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's, an, uh, you know, I'm going to pull it up right now as we're talking because okay. I want to I see myself. Um, that is shocking that within three months. Also, how the, gov- how the fuck is the government going to know? But yeah, you don't want to risk it. I get that. Well, that's what, uh, and you like, that's another part of it too, is that like, right. Nobody can say, yeah. um, you can't be out publicly together. And yeah, let me, let me read it right now. Learn the rules okay. to decide if someone is your, spo- is your spouse. Let me figure it out right now. Okay. Yeah, there it is. Living together for at least three months. But that, that means like you have to be, but like, are there other requirements there? Cause that can't be um, the only requirement. I feel like that's like, you know, if you've been married or like... If you identify as... I'm reading it now. If you identify as a couple. That's all it takes? Yep. Okay, so what about maintaining like a separate residence or something, right? I mean, you could, but who the fuck wants to do that? Like, who... That's true. Like, you could, but who wants to be like... God, that is so punitive. So, that's, that's That seems really fucked up. Yeah. And you've talked. I assume, I'm sh- I assume you've talked to lawyers and whatnot about that. I haven't talked to lawyers because I have had nobody. Oh. I have had nobody in my life who like wants to. But wouldn't you want to like? Okay, yeah, but like, wouldn't you want to be prepared for that? Because like, what if you're just not even trying? Because you're like, well, I'm not going to do. Because yeah, if I was in your boat, I'd be like, fuck trying. I'm not going to like risk. You know. I mean, well, that like, that's kind of like what that's kind of the boner man. I mean. But it is something that I could definitely talk to a lawyer. So, hey, lawyers, oh, okay. you want to come on yeah, the show? Yeah, you're a lawyer. Yeah. You talk about this, yeah. <laughs> Let's figure this shit out. Like, uh, but yeah, I, have, I, I, I think... have friends in Ontario who got married and who, who right. lived together and had to fight. They lost their benefits, had right. to, Yeah, and had to fight the government to... to right. I think that makes sense for marriage. Like, not that it's a good law, but like I've heard that if you get married, like, yeah, that's a big jeopardy. That that really jeopardizes your benefits, like in the states as well, because then, because then you're considered like one entity for financial purposes, uh, I, which is why I just think that's stupid. Right, it is stupid, but 
it's not as punitive as what you're saying, which is like, you could just be boyfriend, girlfriend, or boyfriend, boyfriend, sorry, in your case, um, for three months. And then like, you're fine. Like that, that just doesn't make, I don't know. It, it would, it would, I would think that's, I thought Canadians were pretty reasonable, but you guys are fucking insane. Oh no, it's, it, it's, it's fucked up. It's fucked up large. Yeah. Um, but anyway, the whole marriage thing, like that's another thing I've given up. Like, not that I, I think I maybe would have wanted it when I was younger, but like now I'm also, I just see how many marriages don't end super well. And like, uh, I'm just like, yeah, like I'd rather just have a long-term partner and like, I don't need to be married. But again, that's like, it's unfair that disability factors into that because, um, you know, like I'd be in a similar situation, right? Like I would lose some benefits. Yeah, and I just don't think that part is fair at all. I think it's actually very right. hurtful. It's, it's very discriminatory. Like, not only is it punitive, it, 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 it says you don't deserve the same opportunities as someone else. Right, like, yeah. Fundamentally, yeah. you don't deserve that, to have a person. Right, you don't deserve to have love. Like, that's, that was one of the, I read this quote once that, like, the, like the most universal thing um, is, like, man's desire to love or something right or like that's like the most fundamental drive in human nature is to love and i feel like that's pretty messed up if they don't let you do that but um i i'm gonna look into it afterwards too because i'm very curious yeah and shoot me a text about what the what the what it is and then yeah yeah because i'd like to know i want to jump around to 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 um how you feel we can come together to create more impact in the disability oh, yeah. community, like in Crip Camp. Um, right. And I'm assuming you saw Crip Camp and what are your thoughts? Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, fantastic movie. Um, I didn't, I honestly had no idea about some of the things they share there. Like I didn't, I kind of was just like, Oh yeah. ADA, like it happened like forever ago. Right. I didn't know it was literally signed like the year after I was born. Um, and how it's enabled me to do so much in my life. Uh, and I was like, wow, I really want to, you know, pass the baton or like move things forward for the next generation. Like I wish there was some way to get, uh, and I'm, I'm looking into opportunities, but some way to have that sort of. Do you want to be a, a congressman or like a, do you want to be like a, like a, like a, a disabled business person? Do you want to be like the, like, a Judy human-esque person who's like, yeah, I'm going to go save the world. Uh, I don't know. Sorry. Like, yeah, like theoretically, but like, I also know how much work that, that go, how much work goes into that. I don't think I want to be the front person. I think I'd rather be like, you know, someone supporting the cause yeah. in some way. Or like, if I had, like, I think you do that really well, right? Like you have this platform about disability, you educate people, you, you know, hopefully will have a chance to, influence policies in the future um if you haven't already um that sort of thing like having i think having being an being an entertainer you can hire me if you need a running mate for (laughs) like 2024 do you think do you think joe biden is hot (laughs) are you into joe biden andrew oh he just disappeared did I, oh my God, did I, did I break Andrew? I can't hear you anymore. 
Andrew, you there? I mean, yeah, are you there? Hey, sorry, the audio, oh, and it was recording the whole time, weird. The audio crapped oh. out, but okay, we will, oh. do you want to go again? Do you want to go again from, do I think Joe Biden saw it? Sure. Uh, Andrew, do you think Joe Biden is hot? Do I think Joe Biden is hot? Uh, I, th- I thought I broke the Zoom by like, I thought you just got so turned on or like excited. <laughs> about the idea about the idea of Joe Biden and then that's why the audio cut out. Um <laughs> I like I thought I you thought you toppled over or something. I don't think Joe Biden is super hot. I think okay. that he is the only choice to defeat Trump. For sure. I yeah. I think that he I really wish he wasn't such a creepy touchy <laughs> person. And maybe yeah. he would stop saying weird things about like people of color. Like right. maybe just stop talking about that whole part of yourself. And also, yeah. didn't you like advise the president for eight years? How do you yeah. not know how to not be a racist? Like, right. how, how are you? How are you saying racist? Like, what? Right. Anyway, my yeah. point is, Joe Biden. If you needed to see him running mate, yeah. I am the one for you, Andrew. Okay, good to know. Although you're in the ineligible because you're Canadian, or were you born in the states? I was born in the states. So. Oh, you were. I Where were you born? Laguna Beach, California. Oh, no way. How did you end up in Toronto? I oh, was for... three months pre-me. Oh, okay. So my mom was like, fuck America, I'm out. Like, as, yeah. soon, as, as soon as I was well enough, she was like, I'm, I'm taking this kid like, running away. Yeah. yeah. I mean, fair, 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 uh, fair place to be, fuck America. So. I mean, yeah. I mean, and we thought about, and you know, oddly enough, we thought about Moving me to Florida, we thought about like, oh really? Finding housing down there where I could thrive, yeah. but it just right. the systems they have down there for care are just abysmal. Yeah. Like what? Oh yeah, have. it's good in Toronto. Mm, it's better in Toronto in oh, that okay. where I, where I live here, and every yeah. every living place is different. Where I live here, like I have care that can come into my house uh, when right. I need them to, and I like, but in. Florida, at least in the places we were looking, like years and years ago, maybe right. 10, 10 years ago, we were looking yeah. to, to move me there. And they would, they would say things like, if your child, the brochures would say like, if your person is retarded, then they're allowed to live here. They would actually use the uh, word retarded. Like if they have okay. an IQ uh, lower than blah, they can live here. And then we, we were just like, oh what? no. Okay. Like uh, that's not, so, yeah. so in sounds terms like of. The, sounds like those things they showed in Crook Camp. Like yeah, those, those like scary. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we, and you know, unfortunately, a lot of the people in those group homes now because yeah. of Corona are dying. Oh yeah, they're because, fucked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, awful. So we looked at, into that, and it just wasn't feasible. Right. So I ended up staying in Canada, which I'm quite right. happy to because I have free healthcare. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty awesome. Um, um, so like your your wheelchair and everything is like paid for. By the government? Yeah, by the state. So yeah. I, I or the 
province. So province, I don't have yeah. to, to pay for anything. I mean, there are definitely problems with it, but at least right. it's like your wheelchair. I'm assuming you had to pay tons of money. Or uh, I had to pay I had to pay a large portion out of pocket. Um, but actually actually the no, I had I had really good insurance um, when I got the the most recent one. But the ones before I've had to pay. Um, but um, what was I going to ask about the wheelchair? So something I've heard in America for why they don't want government or like um, you know universal healthcare is that it's going to stop the innovation in wheelchairs and like everyone's going to get just like a basic like basic type of wheelchair and like you're not going to be able to get like bells and whistles. Do you that's think that's not, true? That's not true. My no. you, you have to. You have to, uh, when you get a wheelchair, you have to um, yeah. go see your occupational therapist. And right. oftentimes they will deter you from getting the bells and whistles because right. they'll tell you that they're more expensive. Or there, there are some bells and whistles that you might have to, you might have to pay for that out of pocket, some of them. Right. But oh, some you, of them are not covered? Some of them are, no. Like oh, if, okay. I, if I wanted my chair to like stand up, it's probably not covered. Yeah. But right, if, I, right. like, if I wanted my chair to tilt or recline, right. That's, yeah, that's covered. That's covered, right? But you okay. have to convince the OT that it's a health requirement right. for you to have it, which yeah, right. really isn't hard to do. And given yeah, given, like your level of disability, that'd be super easy. But instead right. of like, I'm assuming when you go to the hospital, like you, with your yeah. insurance, you have to worry about like the deductible. And it's like I, I right, right. stroll into a hospital with it with with needs for healthcare, and I'm like, hey, I need this. I might have to wait right. eight hours. Right. To right. see somebody, but at least I, at least it's free. Okay, right. So you do it. So there are long. I mean, American hospitals, you wait. Like if you go to the ER, you'll wait fucking forever. Anyway, um, but like you don't have to wait for like routine stuff, right? Like going to see your doctor. No, 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 no. Okay, right. Uh, yeah, it's just like something that people say, like, "Oh, that's gonna happen." Like I don't really believe it. Um, but yeah, also like certain bells and whistles. Like I really value, like there's um, certain motors that are like quieter and I, I value that, but um, like they, they're not made anymore. And the argument was like, well, the health insurance is like, everyone's pinching pennies because health insurance is now like universal. So there's not as much innovation or more universal than it was because of Obamacare and all that. But yeah, I don't know. well, I just think that the healthcare system in the U.S. is like, oh yeah, it's it's a bit for sure. Yeah, um, I don't even know what the question was anymore, and I don't even know how oh. that. Oh, making about. an impact, making an impact. So, like, is that something you think about as well, and making an impact for people with disabilities? Or, I mean, you I mean, are. I, I hope that I, I hope that in what I'm doing, I'm, I'm making an impact. I try not to think of yeah. like. I try not to do the thing where I'm like, I'm going to be amazing and I'm going to do all this stuff. Like I used right. to do that, but now yeah. I'm just like, I'm going to keep my head down and do the work. And if I, if right comes to that, if that happens, right. Like there's no sense in me pushing so hard right. for fame and for all, like fortune and all right. this bullshit when I really just want to be happy. Yeah. Yeah. And like what, um, I mean, that, that's the question. Do you know what makes you happy? Like this, like having conversations like this does, and like doing right. the activism on a on a 
on a playing on a stage that isn't necessarily like a, a huge national stage, but having conversations right. that are powerful and like someone's gonna listen to this episode right. we're doing right now, and right. they're gonna be like, they're gonna have, you know, thoughts and feelings, and they're gonna think about things differently, right. and that like that's right. the power to me, and like being right. able to do talks when I can do them or digital stuff right. when I can do them or like right. I'm currently working on a travel blog for another company that I'm working with. So like yeah. being able to use my voice to to change one person's view on how disability right. works or yeah. put something in writing for a company or do something that will right. impact their day to day to change the way they right. do things. It sure yeah. it may not it may not it may not happen in droves, but it's right doing something yeah for sure i guess i i think that's a better perspective than i have which is like i feel like oh my god there needs to be like this overwhelming like monumental change like the ada like i need to be behind something like that but i think that you're right it puts it's it's a lot of pressure whereas that might not necessarily even make me happier but like doing the small things or like the daily things to move the needle forward just a little bit. Um, if it brings me joy, like that's a better place to focus. And then if that big result comes, cool. I mean, I think it's a corollary for like life in general or like even searching for a partner, right? Like, okay, I'm doing these things that I like to do. If I come across somebody doing those things, um, great. And if I don't, then like, at least I got to live life doing the things that I enjoy. Yeah, exactly. And I just think, for me, the smaller impact is a lot more exciting right now than like when I first started the activism and the work that I yeah. do. And I, like, I was like, I was much like you, I have to make this big, big right. bowl impact right away. And the more okay. and more I do it, the more and more I'm like, I just want to make somebody feel heard. I just want to make somebody yeah. feel like I've done something for them or you know, not even for them, but like with them. Yeah. Um, and I think that's more important to me than than being a star or being an influencer or being right. like, I don't fucking care about that. I want to just yeah. enjoy my life. Right. But if, you, if you're listening and you're one of those people with disabilities that wants to be the star, wants to fight and all that, I hope you look, you listen to us and be like, fuck these old geezers. I'm still going to do it. Cause you I mean, absolutely should I mean, do it. Yeah. Totally you. do yeah. it. We'll be behind you. Yeah. We right. just want to be fifth and sixth in line behind you. Versus yeah. Maybe, like maybe we're just, in front. we're just tied tired old men yeah we're basically tired old like geezers who just want love geezers yeah um it's fine right. uh one of the things you mentioned in your questionnaire before i forget one of the things yeah. you mentioned is uh which one did i want to ask you 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 wanted to talk about um how we're both such horn dogs are other yes. people not are not also horn dogs or are they just hiding it better um yeah I just feel like I want to make dick jokes all the time. <laughs> and like, I don't, I don't know how people function without doing that. Like if I had, if I haven't like either dick jokes or dark jokes of some sort, like if I haven't done that in a while or like nobody's like said something mean to me in a little while, I just feel like, like I just feel like the life has been sucked out of me. Um, I can suck the life out of you quite well. <laughs> I knew it as soon as I said it. You opened the door. I was like, I have to go through. I did, yeah. Uh, but no, I just, I feel like uh, things are so serious and like there's not enough like innuendos or whatever. Uh, and I feel like you're like that too. Like you enjoy the little like hee 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 like on the side. 
comments. Yeah, like, the cheeky like asides right. that are that are funny and that make people like. Yeah. And also, I think that's important about comedy is to show that you can be a lot of the comedy that we're talking about, like the like, oh, I roll over here and then people laugh hysterically. Right. Like I think there's yeah. some there's almost more value in the the quick witted like small asides that nobody really hears, but yeah. they're there and they're funny. Right. As opposed to like the yeah. big broad disability comedy. Right. Like I guess what I'm trying to figure out is do I bring that stuff up or say those things? Because like it's all because it's always on my mind and that's kind of like odd. Or like or is it on other people's mind and they just don't say it? Like I don't know. I mean I think it is and I think I think that also like So you're just saying I'm immature, basically. Like no, other people have more maturity. I'm saying you're a boy. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> much like me, you are a 12 year old boy. Um, right. But, but like I think also, and we, you know, we, we talked a little bit about how your body is changing, deteriorating, yeah. and maybe you feel like you have to have that comedy in there because that's something you can do. Mm. Like maybe making those comments is a way for you to show your personality, even though your body right. is like, changing yeah you know? like maybe I, wanna, I, I wonder if it's yeah go ahead like maybe i was gonna say it was like maybe that's what it is yeah and i've also thought maybe it's like because people with disabilities are so desexualized in our media and i'm like maybe that's my way of like you know making sure like people are aware like no like i'm still a very sexual being right oh i know i know <laughs> I've talked to you three times on the show. I'm aware. Yeah. Right. Um, I mean, do you really, do you really need to know three times? Do you really have to talk to me for more than three seconds to know? I don't know. I, I figured out in the minute that we, the yeah. first minute we started talking, and I, well, I told you this and I've told you this right. every time you come on, your voice gets yeah. me hard. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it was given to me as straight uh, in that, in those words, but. Wasn't it? I, well, I, let me I, say I just, it directly. Your voice gets I me hard. <laughs> I think uh, I should. Um, it'd be interesting to be on. Like, do you remember those like old phone lines, like the lava? Oh yeah, or whatever. I used, yeah. you know, funny, funny story. When I was yeah. in college and I was lonely and nobody yeah. wanted to stroke my dick, I yeah. called those lines. I called one line called Oh yeah, main line. <laughs> yeah, okay. and it was like I'll never forget the ad. It was like the hottest guy right yeah. here over your phone and so i would right. do this thing where i would be like hey hey <laughs> my name's andrew i'm uh 23 <laughs> i'm 23 six how old were you at the time i was 23 so i would do like oh you are you're actually okay i'm 23 six okay. one uh yeah big dick swimmers right. build and i would do all this i would, I would do all this stuff and i would that never was say, your escape yeah yeah and I would never say that I was disabled because, like, right. who the fuck cared? So I'd be like, yeah. I would do all that. And I, I would talk to these, like, definitely these older gentlemen who wanted to, like, get off right. the dude. But it was, okay. looking back on it, it was, the, it was super creepy. It was creepy. Yeah. So you did my voice on, on the phone chat. Pretty lines. much. I did, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I did the, I did the, 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 the Christian Bale Batman voice. Yeah. I I would call those places and then 
Because you know you'd have to pay after a certain time, right? Yeah, yeah. You'd have to like pay after to, like after like five minutes or some. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I would go up until the like pay point, and I'm like, hang up because this is when I was like, I think I was like between ten and twelve. Oh God. Um, yeah, I was a very, I was a very early bloomer, and uh, I would call them like when my parents would be asleep because we we only had like a home phone then, and you didn't have like. There was you no call them on your home phone? Oh, yeah. There was no record back then. Oh, my like God. Who you called. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, my parents could have theoretically been picked up and, like, been like, what the fuck is going on here? Um, but I, I think I'd mostly just, like, listen. I would just – because, you know, you could get, like, their 30-second ad for each person. Yeah. I would just do that. I would just get off on the free, the free ads. Oh. Actually, at that time, I don't even think I was masturbating. I was just, like – I was just like girl like I was like I like girls I don't know why but I just like them and I just want to like do this thing and there was no like dick touching or anything. it was just like when well, you were like 10 girls. I would hope there wasn't yeah <laughs> I mean not, not far off the full lines? <laughs> I didn't I don't think I ever actually talked to anyone because I think you'd have to pay I think I just listened to the advertisements and I feel like and also, like, given, given the age you were, I'm super glad you didn't talk to anybody. <laughs> super glad yeah. you didn't. <laughs> I mean, like, por- like, by the time I was nine or ten, like, porn was super accessible on the internet. So I was already, like, messed up, like, psychologically. But Well, there's a lot to unpack anyway. in that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I think... Looking at porn and calling a phone line to hear sexy ads was a healthy right, right, right. experiment of your thing. I just wanted to be very, very clear in saying that I'm glad yes. that, you, that you didn't speak to any adults because that's weird for you. It's, right, right. Yeah, that would have been weird as a 12-year-old. But um, yeah, I can't imagine like what kids do nowadays because that's like, it's just, I mean, when I was, when I was that age, like I watched like porn because it was available and it was easy right and like all that stuff affects you um like if that's one of your first experiences like that's why that's partially why i talk about sex and um all that because like i i wish i wish for like the next generations that they have a better introduction to sex and i think our i don't know what it's like in canada but in the states it's very clinical slash not talked about and you talk about canada like it's this like foreign land that you've never been to i mean it is foreign to me we're literally okay we're i've been literally there, above yeah. you we're literally above you I, I okay but i don't i i assume i always assume you guys are a bit way more progressive but then in like that woman who yelled at the black guy in central park she's canadian amy whatever yeah we so have like, I don't know. we have a shit ton of have, here too like we're not right yeah which i've heard against it. like First, First Nations people, right? Like they're yeah, like, we, like I've heard there's a lot of racism against them. We're ridiculous. We're a ridiculously yeah. racist country, and yeah. we don't, we pretend like we're not, um, but we right. really are. Yeah, you guys pretend like you're fucking angels, but we you know what? Like you guys are, you guys are just as equally in the shit with us. We're literally the worst. Uh, <laughs> what else do we get? What else do we have here in in the thing we're going to talk about? We're going to talk about. Uh, um what else do i have there do you want to talk about talking about 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 discussing sex and intimacy with your family uh sure yeah if you want to make me really uncomfortable i more really do 
<laughs> uh, I just saw that you are launching a new sex toy. Uh, yes, or sex I toy am. Brand, yes, which I is am. pretty exciting. What's the name again? The Handy, name right? Handy, yep. Right. Um, that was super awesome. Excited to see that. And then I think I read something or maybe heard you talk. I heard you talk about it on the podcast and I read up on it. And then I saw that you're doing it with your sister. And I was just like, I was like, what the fuck, Andrew? Like, uh, like how are you comfortable with this? Because that would be make me so uncomfortable. Like, it's, I talk about sex publicly, but oh my God, I do not want to talk about it with my friends. <laughs> we, you know, it's a really interesting thing because she, my sister Heather, came up with the idea for the sex life before yeah. I did. Like, it was, okay. her, it was her idea. And so once, when you start talking about it from a business perspective and like, start right. like and you remove like that it's your family, you realize right. like, quickly that like, what's there to be weird about? We literally, we literally recorded an episode of our, our joint mm-hmm. version of like the handicast where we talked with each other like an hour ago and we talked about, we talked with a guest about coming. So like, right. it's really weird how you learn to like, remove the the squidginess yeah. from it right i don't know maybe it's like a cultural thing too because uh, i'm from my parents are from pakistan and like south asian culture is very very like hush hush about sex in general uh so i wonder if that has something to do with it as well um, whereas like you're still there in culture thing because sex is very taboo and hush hush in our culture so i wonder if that also has something to do with it where i just it's just weird to talk to my family about it and i would say you know it does have it it, it might be a cultural thing but i mean i think i think that it's weird to talk to anybody's family about sex but when you start right. looking at it from a business perspective you yeah. realize really quickly how like take the family part out of it and right like, like i was saying we were talking we talked to somebody on our handicast, we do, we do a podcast yeah. with each other every right. two weeks where we like talk with each other about the issues. Um, yeah, I think I, that's where I heard about it. Yeah. Yeah. And so like that, that's cool. And so like, you know, we just did one where we talked about come for an hour with right. a guest and like that, that's super, we, you normally wouldn't talk about that with your sister, but yeah. you, get to, right. you, get, you get to a place where that's, it's okay because like right. everybody does it. Why don't we talk about it more? Right, for sure. Yeah, I think the more we talk about it, the more it's accepted and the more, like, the better sex everyone will have because I think a lot of the problems with people not having good sex is like they don't know how to communicate about it. Yeah, totally. And like when you have disabilities, as we've said a million times, uh, right. communication is key. But I think, you know, yeah. one of the things I like about working with her on this project is that it's, it, I'm able to talk about it more freely with her than I was before. Cause yeah. much like with you, your family, it sounds like I was also really uncomfortable talking about yeah. sex with her and prior to this. And it's weird. Cause like you're talking about it publicly and obviously they're listening or like have listened. Right. So yeah. Um, like they know it's like, a, I know you do this thing, but let's just not talk about it. Sort of weirdness. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how do you think that you and your family will ever get to a place where you can like be that yeah. dirty person that you no, are inside? I don't think so. No, 
nah, I think it's just, it, it would just be really uncomfortable. I, I mean, like my mom reads everything and watches everything I put out. So like, I know, I know she knows. I think my sister consumes a lot of stuff I put out too. Um, so they so, know, but they but would never like bring it up. I don't think so. I just think it'd be weird for both of us. So who knows? I don't know. Maybe we'll get it going, do some sort of business. I, I get the business aspect, right? Like then it's just like a, it's more of a like objective tactical thing as opposed to like. Yeah. It's yeah. like subjectiveness. Right. Um, yeah. So because my internet keeps failing and it's weird. Yeah. Yeah. I am going to say that I love you and also say that we, this was a great interview because I don't yeah, want to, awesome. I don't want you to be in the middle of like a great thought and then the internet will yeah. die. So right. on that note, I mean, like honey, how do, just so that people can remember, how do people get yeah. a hold of you and how can they follow your work? Uh, it's all on my website, datingcoachonwheels.com. Uh, and I'm on Instagram at the same handle dating coach on wheels i will make sure to put that in the show notes again as per usual uh any, before i like say goodbye for sure anything any last yeah. things you want uh, to the world we didn't we didn't talk about sex work oh yeah okay well then everything i just said can be <laughs> i mean unless you gotta unless you gotta go i feel like that's one of the juiciest things. i mean i i don't actually we get okay okay <laughs> oh my friend that's gonna edit it's gonna hate me but yeah uh, okay they can uh, just get clip clip it out and put it at the end Let's yeah see. he's gonna hate yeah. doing that but i'll ask yeah. him to for sure uh okay. i don't know how to segue into that now um okay so i mean tell me a little bit yes. about your thoughts on sex work and disability for sure so you <laughs> excellent segue Andrew. Um, yes. So I first, not first, but I, I heard you talk about it maybe a year or so ago when you first started talking about it on the podcast. And I was like, Oh, that's interesting. And like never really considered it. And, um, and then I went through uh, two like back to back uh, breakups in the past six months, like or six, six to eight months where like I was dating two people at the same time. And then I was dating nobody. Um, and it was just like a really tough time. I tried to find other people to date because like I, you know, desired that connection. My body was also changing. I was losing a lot of function. And I was like, okay, like I'm going to seriously look into this. Because um, I'd heard you talk about it. And I was like, yeah, it's really empowering. And uh, like I should be able to have an experience if I want it. And I looked into it, found somebody. And... Uh, but I wasn't like quite ready to like be sexually intimate with her. And so we ended up just doing some cuddling um, and that like, that was it. And then she, had, she's also a massage therapist. She's had some experience with um, what's it called? Uh, caregiving. So she was like really comfortable with disability, yeah. which was really awesome. Um, but so like, it was great. Like we did a few cuddle sessions and then we just switched to massage. Cause I was like, Oh, like I, enjoy getting massage and like not i mean it was all above board like no no like happy endings or anything um because it it, yeah it just it was um it was actually cheaper to get a massage and what i enjoyed most was like just chatting with her because she had you know really interesting stories and like she's a business owner 
as well. And like, we just had a lot to talk about. Um, so like, it was fun. I was like, oh, cool. I get a massage and a fun conversation. So like, it was worth it for that. Um, but I, I've thought of you a lot during the, those experiences because I was like, oh, it'd be really cool to talk to Andrew about this. Because um, you, I think you shared a little bit offline um, of like, or not offline, sorry, earlier where like your experience with intimacy, you know, in the, has been people you've paid um, and how yeah. that affects your thinking about it. And it started to like, I started noticing how it was starting to affect my thinking of like, it became a very like trend. It started to become a transactional thing. Um, and I just, I was kind of like weary of how my mind was starting to look at intimacy. And so um, I haven't engaged in it further since then, but I was just curious to talk to you about that some more. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I am very proud of the sex workers that I work with. I think the moments we've experienced are, are great. Um, yeah. The guy that I see pretty regularly, I've seen him for three years now. We have a really, yeah. a really friendly working relationship. Like, yeah, I would say we're friends. I venture to say we're friends. Right. Um, yeah. But it is a working relationship. Uh, right. He like, and I'm aware that like I can't ask for free sex because that's not how our relationship right. works. But like we're we're friendly, and that feels yeah. nice. It also feels nice to be. If I'm having a slutty afternoon, I'm like, are you, hey, are you free today? Like, yeah. you want to cut? Like, one time last summer, I I um had a scheduled session with my primary worker, and then there's another yeah. worker that I also see occasionally. An hour right. after the other guy left, I was like, you know what? I'm so horny. Are you free right now? Yeah. Like, right. You want to come over? And like, so it was kind of what I enjoyed about that was like, I had the freedom to right. decide if I wanted to be that slutty right then. Right. Yeah, that's really empowering. Um, and then it, it, it does, do you ever think, are you still there? Yeah. Oh, okay, I thought I lost you again. Um, that is really empowering, does it? So that whole concept of like, you you think you're friends, but like, it, it's, it's different. It doesn't feel different to you. Because like, I was also friendly with this person. Like, we became friendly over seeing each other a few times and like you know, she even texted after I had left the city and she's like, Oh, like, did you make it? And all that, even though like she knew I wasn't going to be back for a while. So I was like, okay, like maybe, you know, we are friendly, but it does, there does feel like there's something different about a boundary it. And, there. Yeah. It's a, it's a boundary. Yeah. And like, it's right. not, it's not unhealthy. I think it's actually really healthy and it's, it's, right. it's the worker's way of, constantly reminding you like you don't get to have a part you don't get to be a part of my life entirely you are a part of my life and you're important to me but like right i don't have you're not my partner you're not my long-term person you're none of that to me but i still care about you but i don't have to give you everything and i think that's been the Mm. most important part for me is like Mm. learning to let go of this idea that because i fuck them regularly we have Right. Some sort of deep, 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 deep bond. Yeah, maybe we do, right. but like, I still recognize that this is a paid transaction. Right. Does it make you, how does it make you feel with regards to like having a partner, like a non paid partner, or like having a non transactional relationship? I mean, I would love to have free sex again. 
that I'd love to have sex that I didn't have to shell out like between two fifty and three hundred bucks an hour for, to be honest. Yeah. But, right. But like I have done a thing with my sex work where I will work a lot and I'll do a lot of projects on the side, get the money, right. and I'll, I'll bank right. a bunch of a bunch of hours with one worker. So right. I I pay them when I have the money and then I have like right. six or seven hours in the bank that I can use. Right. Okay. every couple of weeks and so it doesn't feel like and why it feels more personal is because i'm not right. giving them a wad of cash every time we hang out it's right like, right let me pay you when i can and then we have a right we have a a built-up bank of hours left right. so it doesn't feel like i'm it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like i have uh given them an envelope of money every time we hang out right yeah yeah i mean that's one way to help with that feeling i guess in my mind i'm like like i would just mentally like subtract okay i have like one hour one hour less or whatever and maybe that's just the way it works um does it make you think about like relationships in general of like yeah it may not be like explicitly transactional but like everyone's always getting something right like are there yeah. there is some sort of exchange it totally it's does not a, with sex work with sex work i think the explicitness of that is almost refreshing because mm-hmm. you know exactly why they're there. You know what they're there for. Right. And, they, and like yeah. they know what they're there for. But the power right. of that and working with a worker and getting to know them and like my thing is I don't typically have one time sessions with workers. I'll say to them like, I want to get to know you, I want to spend some time together so right. we can build a comfort. And the comfort in that is that if right. I if I have a day where I want to be a giant slut and get right naked right away and fuck them for three hours and that's what i want to do i can do that but if i want to have a day where we hold hands and go for lunch and walk around and you know are playful and like romantic for a minute i can also do that and so yeah it but the difference is that i'm the boss there if i want to if i want to manufacture that for myself great the the trouble i think with that is that you know on some level it's not real you know, right. on some le- like it's real, but it's not long lasting. Yeah. You know, on some level right. that like this person doesn't want to, and I feel bad saying that. Let me let me retract that. It yeah. it's real. It's very real. Of course it is. And I'm not right. saying work isn't real. I'm saying yeah. you know it isn't. It isn't based on like all these feelings and all these emotions and like part right. of me wants to feel all the feelings and have all the emotions and right. like know that someone has all the emotions too. Like, right. I love for the person that I'm with and kissing and whose dick I'm sucking to also right. feel the things that I feel. And so, right. like, with my workers, I know they don't feel that, and that feels weird. Yeah. I think that was the biggest thing for me was, like, I sensed – I mean, I, I did I, – I had some feelings come up for this person. It, like, regardless of whether we were sexual or not, like, we still cuddled and we were close, and I felt – like an attachment to this person and I had to like you know check myself and be like no like this is like and we talked about it too right which I think any solid like any like good sex worker would be open to that conversation and I asked how she deals with it and like it was a very interesting discussion um but yeah like you want I, I felt like it was starting to 
it was just interacting strangely with my desire to have that person and have those having more of like a feelings driven yeah. thing, like what you were describing. Um, and so I was like, I was like, yeah, like, I don't think I want to necessarily seek this out um, going forward. Like, I'm not sure, right? Like I'm still, I'm not seeking out right now. I'm not for COVID and all that, obviously, but yeah, like maybe, maybe I guess I I'm, don't. yeah, like I was, I was, I knew I was like leaving Seattle. So I was like, okay, like, you know, the worst case is not going to go on much longer than like another month or two. Um, so, but yeah, like there's, there's also like a lot of, I, I also looked into it a lot. Like there's a lot of, um, there's a, there's the whole range of sex workers, right? Like there's ones that are like you said, 250 or 300 an hour all the way up to like, like they will only see you if you spend $10,000 for like the weekend or something. Right. And yeah. And that's it's like, just like, well out of my price range. Like that's not something I can yeah. afford. Right. And it's not something I can afford either. I was just curious of like, I guess I just became very curious about how this works and like how people are able to carry on with it um, and like why. And I don't, I don't know. I just got very curious about it because um, it is, like you said, very transactional and like the exchange is explicit. Um, and that's like so different from the relationships that I engage in otherwise. So. I think you should give it a shot and like, and, and uh, I say this with love, be a little bit selfish. Like, what do you want? Mm -hmm. If you want right. this, then get it. That doesn't mean to like demean the person you're working with. It just means, right. Oh, you want somebody who's blonde, blue eyes, big tits and like wants to <laughs> ride you for an hour. Get that. Like, and they will, right. or you want somebody to cuddle you for an hour and then make you come at the end. Like you can, yeah you can have that and there's no shame right. in wanting that as a thing. And, and if you have the means to do that, because that's a privilege to right. you have the right. means to pay for it, then I say, great, get that, get yours, like get yours and don't feel shame about it. That's right. my, that's do, you, my... do you think it detracts from your desire to uh, have a non-transactional partner? No, no, I know that my sex worker that I see has like yeah. a number of partners that he's mm -hmm. dating and like mm -hmm. it makes it easier to be single and disabled I'll say that because I know that mm -hmm. I I know that every right. two to three weeks I can get my rocks off with this guy who I right. trust and who I know and who I who I feel safe with it makes right. it easier to feel like I'm still a sexual being but it doesn't detract mm -hmm. from the fact that I still want somebody to come home to when I'm 50. Right. Okay. If yeah, that makes just sense. interesting. Yeah. Uh, but then like in that, in the non-transactional relationship, what do you call it? What's the proper term for like, so there's like sex work and then like, what do you, what do you call the other thing? Non-sex work? I don't know. Non-sex work. Okay, fine. In non-sex work, like you're not always going to get what you want. Right. But the same thing is true with sex work. Like, you may not get what you want. You may have a fantasy that a sex worker can't provide you with. Can't fulfill, or right. Yeah. The sex worker might feel, and the sex worker might walk into the room and be like, oh, you're disabled? That's weird, bye. Like, you mm -hmm. might not get what you want, but I think what I'm saying is like, if you, the power in sex work for disabled people is if you want to mm -hmm. be 
have that mm-hmm. fantasy that you right. never explored. That's true. Before. Sex work and a you can, work. Right. there will be a sex worker for you who will probably right. want to fulfill that for you. Right. Yeah, that's fair. Like I I mean I've always assumed like, oh yeah, like I would like if I was I think sometimes like if I was able bodied, like I might be way more slutty. But I've yeah, you're you know, been pretty more... slutty already. <laughs> Thanks, Andrew. Uh I'm trying to improve my reputation on the show, but I guess that's not working. Um, no, 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 no. <laughs> so yeah like I think it, it does open up some doors for sure where it's like you don't necessarily it does skip that whole like you know how do they feel about my disability thing like yeah there might still be some sex workers that uh, are not okay with it but like you can be way more explicit about like here's like my limitations here's what I want yada yada you don't have to like contend with all the feelings of the other person necessarily right like you may have to i don't know is that One accurate the, or? The, the very first time i ever worked with a sex worker um yeah he was he was coming into town to visit me and he phoned me from his house the day before yeah. and he phoned me and yeah. said i'm calling to ask you what you want and i said what do you mean he goes i'm calling to ask you what do you want out of our session and i remember yeah. being taken aback i mean like what the what and he was like yeah. tell me explicitly what you want and i didn't right. know what to do because I was like, well, what I want is tied up in like feelings and emotions. He goes, no, right. stop and tell me what you want. And I was like, okay, I want a blowjob. Right. I want like yeah. to be, I want to, I want to fuck you with, with, without a condom on. I want to like do all, right. I want to, I want to do X, Y, Z. I want to come yeah. down your, like, I want to come down your throat. I want to do, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. and he right. was like, he was like, how did it feel telling me that? And I was like, it felt weird because like, yeah. you're not supposed to say what you want. You're just right. supposed to expect it. And so, but for me as right. a disabled person to, to say that to a sex worker, now when I see a new worker, I lay out exactly what I want. And it feels very right. freeing to be like, I want this. Help right. me get it. Yeah. And then it's up to them to decide. Like, yeah, as with the sex worker, like they may not want to do X, X Y, or Z with you. But, yeah, exactly. or, or it might be like breaking safety. Yeah, and, and you, have, you but, can't like... You can't force them, and you shouldn't force them, and like that because that's right. wrong. But like, you, yeah. I would never put pressure on somebody to do something they don't want to do with me. And I've said to my workers, right. like, I've had workers who we were in the middle of a session, and then they were having a tough day, and they said, "Look, do you mind if I start the blowjob?" And I just, I'll, I'll go home, and I'll come back like next week, and we'll move these hours around. And like, like, you know, you have to remember that they're people outside right. of outside of whether they're at work or not, they're still a human. And if, yeah. they, if they're having an off day, just like if I was having an off day, I would right. want to respect that. So I'm very cognizant of the, the people that I work with yeah. and making sure that their experience with me is memorable because I respect them. And so right. it's always about respect, even if they're being the sluttiest person and they're doing all the slutty things to you and they're saying, oh, right. like, yeah, fuck me harder, Andrew. Yes, yes, please, yes. Like, right. that's hot, but also they're a human. Yeah. And that's, I think, the part that I get off on as a disabled person is like, I respect this person in this environment. And that that is why I think sex work is so great for me because I understand what they're doing and I understand that they're a person and I don't see them as like this like sex slave that I'm going to use and abuse. I see them as somebody who who is giving me something that I want and I have to be mindful of their mental health and their well-being as we do it too right yeah yeah for sure 
Um, so you're like the so you're like the daddy. Oh yeah, I'm the disabled daddy. <laughs> All right, yes I am. Um, I am one million percent the disabled daddy, and I can be your disabled daddy too. Uh, <laughs> in case I wasn't clear, but just in, just in case you didn't know, my crush yeah, you right. lives on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this was great. I had such a fun time talking with you. Yeah, me too. Yeah. It was really, really fun, and it was so nice to catch up. But I'm sure, for whatever reason, you'll be back on the show within a year. Yeah, absolutely. I look forward to it. Thanks uh, again, Andrew. Anytime. You're great. I mean, like, honey, we'll talk soon. Yep. Okay. Bye. Okay. <laughs> when... <sighs> All right, friends. This has been another episode of Disability After Dark, the podcast shining a bright light on disability stories. I'm, of course, your host, Andrew Gerza, your number one queer cripple, and your disabled Dick Smith. If you want to follow my work, you can head over to www.andrewgerza.com or follow me on all social media at It's Andrew Gerza. If you want to follow the podcast, you can follow us on Twitter at DisAftDarkPod. If you want to be a guest on the show, you can email us at disabilityafterdark at gmail.com. We'd love to have you as a guest so you can shine a bright light on your disability story. If you want to support the show and get the show one day early along with ad-free versions of the show and a cool shout-out, you can head over to patreon.com slash disabilityafterdark. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast Shining a Bright Light on Disability Story. We'll see you next time. Bye! Copyright Notice Disability After Dark was presented, created, and produced by Andrew Gerza and Crippled Content Creations. Music was by Music by Space Robot Scientists. Any and all materials, including graphics, audio recordings, and music recordings, are property of the owner and cannot be used or distributed without express permission. Copyright Notice 2020